Hi friend, hi dear sister, this is Kate A. Cookadaisy and it is great to have you listening today. What I aim to do with this podcast and the wider ministry of I Am Free Woman is to help you heal your heart and mind as you choose to live free in Christ every day. I believe healing is our choice and once we embrace that process, we can truly heal others as we are healed. So I say, heal people, heal people. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. All right. So a little bit of a life update as always, of course, just to kind of get our conversation going. We celebrated, my husband and I, we celebrated 14 years of marriage this past, what, um, weekend, I would say. And it was amazing time that we had because (laughs) it was spent um, out of the norm. We were together on a road trip. Uh, We went to Alabama to visit family because my husband's uncle, who had passed away, was being um, laid to rest that weekend. And so our 14th marriage anniversary was spent with the family in Alabama. Um, And we also got to spend some alone time just talking and reminiscing about 14 years and what we've been able to accomplish and do in in the time that we've been blessed with. And we get to celebrate really um, later on in the year, but just spending that time together was just priceless. And I appreciate my husband for, you know, being patient with me when I, when we talk about the story of I Am Free Woman. I can't talk about I Am Free Woman um, organization in any capacity without referring to my marriage because my marriage was kind of sort of the, the, the groundbreaking moment that um, God used to help me uh, shape some things in my life and redefine my purpose and my calling and all that. So definitely my marriage is a testament in itself and hopefully someday I will get to really talk about it and have my husband come on and really talk about you know some of the things that we've been able to talk about and work through and come this far because it hasn't been easy. Um, it's taken a lot of work to get us to where we are, where I can truly say that I am married and free and he is also married and free and we are trying to do our best when it comes to raising children and all that. So yes, 14 years and we are blessed to see 14 years together and we pray for many more. But when we went to Alabama, one of the things that I enjoy doing is um, looking at historic um, sites. And so one of the things that we did when we went to Alabama was to spend some time um, visiting Tuskegee. So we visited the university and also we visited the Naval um, Military Veterans Base, as well as also spending some time in downtown Tuskegee. And there were some homes that I fell in love with, although they were dilapidated and nothing there to kind of write home about. But to me, they were beautiful. Like all these beautiful structures and um, you know you see how the architecture is and at some point there was one particular house that we kept driving by and I was like oh my god I have fallen in love with this house and there's nothing to it but it was so beautiful and to me when I remember our 14th anniversary of course I will remember Uncle Albert's life and how we laid him to rest and also the time that we got to spend in Alabama you know life does not always um, throw us the perfect uh, 
things that we want, right? And so when we're talking about celebrating 14th anniversary this year, we didn't know what life was going to throw at us. But I have learned to make the lemonades out of lemons. And when we get to be in places where we felt we weren't supposed to be, just doing the best and enjoying the moment. So even running in the rain in downtown Tuskegee and taking pictures in the rain is also one of those memories that I will cherish. Running around um, Rosa Parks uh, Memorial site. It was kind of like a site that they had built um, and taking pictures in front of that. I'll post those pictures on Instagram and you can check it out there. All those are memories that I get to uh, take and we get to build as part of our marriage life and marriage history. And so that is why I invited our friends to join us today on the podcast. Their message is for couples, singles, and anyone who needs a reminder to be steadfast and faithful. And I want you to know this about today's story. Have you heard about the calm before the storm? I think the calm is actually the caution before the storm. The caution before the storm. These days, thanks to technology, when a weather storm is brewing, we get notified early enough to prepare. How about life storms? How do we get notified that a storm is brewing in our life? Most times we don't. It just hits us, right? That's why in this week's podcast, we are spending some time looking at how we can prepare. You see that calm before the storm? Let's just remember it is the caution we need to get ready. I want you to join me and my friends, Amanda and Julio Seraphim, as we talk about how God prepared them before the storm and how they remained steadfast during the most trying times of any couple's marriage. So, as my voice is starting to change, which I don't know why, I mean, I know we came back from Alabama with something and we've been trying to get over it, but my voice is definitely changing. I mean, am I getting a southern accent here? (laughs) So let's see what Amanda and Julia have to say. But first, I'm going to give you a sneak peek. So yeah, yeah so thank you for joining this this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. Thank you whatever. for asking us. We think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so this is just a laid back conversation. It's very laid back and conversation style, and this season um you know I had a whole schedule planned out I was like okay God I'm gonna schedule everybody and then God was like just cancel everybody out just whatever name I put you on my heart you just need to reach out and so when I was thinking about February talking about love and the hearts and all those things I wanted to touch on that to overcome throughout your marriage and get into that place where you are right now so we're going to go ahead and get started you ready (laughs) aren't they amazing i know you can't wait to hear from them a few reminders before we dive into the conversation with amanda and julio 
please remember to like and share and follow and subscribe to the podcast. We would like to hear from you to so make sure that you're leaving those reviews. We will also be kicking off our live Dear Sister Summit in February, and it's going to be February 25th, so make sure that you're tuning in, okay? It is going to be live on Instagram and Facebook, and also it is going to be on Zoom, so we will have more details for you in our newsletter coming out this week. All right, we have a planner for you, and so I hope that as the year is going by, you have a planner and you're getting yourself sorted out with that. If you want more information, we want you to visit chiefjoyactivator.com and iamfreewoman.org. And also subscribe to our newsletter. There is so much goodness in there, and you don't want to miss it. All right, so today i have amanda and julia with me and we had a special guest appearance too so heads up please excuse all the cooing as he made himself comfortable okay and that is amanda's amanda and julia's son josiah and he was so cute so adorable all right amanda and julia have been married seven years and in those seven years faced one of the most trying marital challenges any couple could endure walking a fertility journey. A journey filled with preparation, active faith, unwavering hope, patience, and so much more. I know their story will inspire you. As you listen, here are a few takeaways. Every family has a story. Every couple has a story. And sometimes that story has a story writer. Know who your story writer is and trust the process. Observe and know the generational dysfunctions and curses in your families. This will inform you how you begin to heal and break such curses from manifesting as transgenerational patterns. Love and respect is a mutual bond that fuels healthy relationships. Know your relational boundaries, understand each other's lived experiences, and remember, you cannot change your partner's personality. When it comes to challenges in life, you can see them as preparation, perspiration, and persecution. So lean into the story writer who can lead you on a different path if necessary. Your preparation in the waiting period can be a healthy combination of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial, and relational breakthrough, such as faith, hope, peace, patience, love, realistic thinking, and growth mindset. We had a great conversation, which I know you will enjoy too. And so remember to choose to be free, choose to live free, and choose to stay free. Being faithfully renewed, encouraged, exceptional women and men of God. So this is Kate, as always, your Chief Joy Activator. Until next time, may God's goodness and mercy follow you always. And remember, healed people heal people. So go into the world today and choose to live free and heal someone today. I love you. Enjoy the conversation with Amanda and Julio. Bye. All right. Thank you for joining Choose to Live Free podcast, Amanda and Julio. How are you doing? 
We're yeah, doing good. well today. I wish it was a little sunnier outside, <laughs> but that's February in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> it is February in Atlanta. And y'all, dear sisters, everyone listening, if you could see the couple that I have in front of me, you will be amazed. But I get the pleasure of seeing them. Y'all get the pleasure. The background, just to give you all listeners a background on who I have in front of me. So y'all know that I go to Victory Church in Atlanta, and so does the couple in front of me and Amanda and I met in children's ministry when we started volunteering for children's ministry and we became friends and we've known each other ever since. I don't know how long it's been, but I left children's ministry to volunteer in the married life ministry and also the women's ministry but we get to see each other and I have the pleasure of having met the newborn baby as well, James and I. And so maybe this, maybe during this podcast, y'all might hear their story and their journey as to how they got there to parenthood. But today I wanted to reach out to them and have them come to the podcast and share some things about marriage, particularly love is patient. And we're going to just have a laid back conversation about marriage. Yes. (laughs) So let's go ahead and start. I want you to introduce yourself to my wonderful listeners out there. (laughs) You want to go first? Yeah. My name is Julio. Here in the U.S. for 20 years. I come from Brazil. We we have been married for six. It's going to be six years this year. No, it's going to be seven years in October (laughs) of this year. Yes. And I'm Amanda. Um, I you may hear an accent, and if you saw me in person, you would be like, "Hey, where are you from?" I know he's from Brazil. What What about you? So we'll just clear that up in case the sound of my voice might confuse you. I was born on the West Coast in Oregon. I've lived in Georgia since I was five, and I moved to Atlanta to study chemistry at Georgia Tech. And from my time of moving to Atlanta until today, I've had so many friends from around the world. And the more time I spend with people, the more my ear kind of gets tuned to the accents. So there's this weird overlay. Uh, I hang out with Latin people. My South Georgia accent comes from, it's like, are you Eastern European? Are you Latin? Are you from South America? Where are you from? We're highly confused. (laughs) So um, Julio and I met in 2015, actually through some other Brazilian and Latin friends um, that I met at the church I came from before I joined him at Victory. And we dated for a year and then we've been married for, we're getting, we'll be getting close to seven later this year. So that's yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, we dated a year and then took a few months to get married. So to get married. So yeah, yeah. here we are. Oh, here you are. Here you are. Here you are. I mean, just you know that what I love about the two of you, for my listeners, what I love about the two of you is that you guys. Every time I saw the two of you together, you just exude love you know and it's not just the the you know I'm in love with you passion all that stuff it speaks more than that like the love that you are committed to each other you know and you have friendship and you're walking this life together that is what as an observer I see. And we've been in your home and just watching how you do life and how you silently communicate with each other. You know, like you, you know, couples, we have our thing, how we communicate to each other with our eyes. And all that. Yeah. 
So, so it's been great just observing your love from afar and also even in close uh, proximity. So let me, test. so let, I want us to start. Oh, how is Josiah? He's good. Right now he's sleeping. He'll be eight <laughs> months old next Sunday, which is kind of like, where did the time go? Where the time go? He's almost one, right? Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Anyway, so let's go ahead and um, talk about when it comes to love and marriage. Um, some of the things that oftentimes trips us as couples, and that is around the topic of patience. But before we talk about patience, I want you to share with the audience out there when it comes to um, marital challenges, what has been your journey working through like challenges um, in your marriage? Like when you, when you hear the word marital challenge, what is the one thing that comes to mind? Like the first challenge that you're like, Ooh, I know. <laughs> I think so. We were fortunate enough that we had, um, a, I want to say certified, but that's not the word, but we had a counselor, like a real life, legit counselor who walked with us through pre-marriage and then who started walking with us early in our marriage. And so some of our challenges, having a third party who was a professional, who was, she, she loved Jesus. So that was also helpful too, because she could point us back to what we're doing here in Christian marriage. But she was able to highlight some things that maybe we didn't know. So most of our challenges come from these aspects, these backpacks of things that we bring into our marriage from our families of origin. He and I have walked through a great deal of healing in Jesus from a lot of things that we encountered in our growing up. But stepping into the doors of this marriage, there were still some blind spots. And so having a professional who could be like, oh, y'all. Yeah, I, I think like just to be transparent, like we didn't arrive yet, but yeah. <laughs> and I don't think we never will. Yeah, like the counselor helps a lot. Like, so like we can learn about each other and like we come from two different families, two different countries, two different cultures, uh, and also dysfunction, like not, not because I'm from another place that is like the, like the, usually the dysfunction is very similar, no matter where you're from. And like early in our marriage, we decided that uh, whatever you have to do to break things uh, out of like, if it's curse, if it's whatever, uh, we will not take with us, like we will not like, yeah. uh, fart. So like- It would end with us. Yeah, we went at us and that is, I think that is- No, just hearing that, what I wrote down um, is decide, like making the decision as a couple that there are some things that we are not going to take with us into this relationship and taking the time to identify what those things are, right? And in our world, we call it the generational curses. And mm -hmm. so those things that we know we don't want our children to also go through. It's like, let's go ahead and try and break those now rather than later. So I like what you said there about the dysfunction and also pointing out that we are from two different cultures, two different countries. Like 
if people could see y'all, it's two two different people. <laughs> but I think this is true for anybody stepping into marriage. You don't have to be from the U.S. and from Brazil. You could marry somebody that you knew in high school and mm -hmm. there would still be differences because you're a different individual human and your mm -hmm. life experience is always different so mm -hmm. yes it's more pronounced on us because there's differences but I think to highlight for your listeners like you don't have to be from different cultures to choose to marry somebody choose to want to stay. we are very different uh in many ways but we in the same ways like we are very similar mm -hmm. so we work to each other so mm -hmm. like because of like the similarities that uh, sometimes I'll see myself in her and I think she'll see herself in me. Mm. So like you get frustrated with the other person, but like you have to work on yourself first mm -hmm. and like to mm -hmm. point like the finger Mm -hmm. remember mm -hmm. that old analogy i'm pointing at you but how many fingers are pointing back at me <laughs> three four <laughs> so whether you're seeing like something in the mirror or whether you're pointing the finger and then all the others are coming back to you yeah 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 what are some of the um share with with us what are some of the like what is that one challenge that you feel you feel kept recurring over and over again and you were able to break can we pause? Cause he's crying and he, he's been doing it for a little while to now where the side. Go, go get out. him. Cause I always say, listen, the listeners we hear this, like we have had children like talking in the background. And it's like, I was like, y'all, this is real life. Okay. It's nothing that, you know, it's real life. It's real life yeah. situation and it happens. So no problem. And he's at the point where he wants to skip the afternoon naps. And part of it is because he sleeps through the night. Actually, very soon. Very soon, you know. I mean, I think I walked before age one, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There yeah. he is. Oh. Want to say hi? You change. You change. Oh. Hey, <laughs> so I have two teeth. I have two teeth. <laughs> He's okay. <laughs> You are so happy. Hi, Jessica. You have your dad's smile. <laughs> so talking about challenges and Josiah, you're welcome to the party, okay? Like, you're welcome. Talking about challenges, what is that one that... You so in my previous, like, I identify more with my dad's side of the family than my mom's. I'm not quite sure why that is, but I think when you look at your family unit, there's, you come from two lines and you have good mixtures, but there are certain things. Now, my dad's side of the family, I'm the only, I'm the only daughter to my parents. His parents only had one daughter in his dad's generation. There was just one daughter. So I come from this line of being only one daughter. And yet in that, I've been in a family that was almost dominated by toxic masculinity. And when I'll say toxic masculinity, I'll be like little boys inside grown men who haven't yet figured out what's really going on with that. 
I don't think they intended to do some of the toxic things. I think it was more love. Their little boy just needed to act out because he was never heard. So in the case of that, I come into an adult space where I was almost made small and told to made small. And like the emotions of others were the largest in the room. So then as an adult, I feel like I'm going to speak up for myself. I'm going to make my voice heard because now I'm an adult and nobody's going to tell me when really that's the little Amanda showing up to have her voice and that has caused and still causes some of our conflict because mm -hmm. I my ears hear I mean I find it amazing just here I'm sitting here just hearing your story Brazil is a what a male like what they would call machismo right yeah. like and so for you to find, for God to kind of find his way and pair you up with someone from a culture, I mean, that must be every day having to work this out, like, you know, having to work this out of you. Julia, how did you accommodate Amanda's um, learning when it comes to how to, you know, I, I don't want to use think, the word submissive, but how to work together. How were you? Working no, I together? think in the same. I think in the same way that um, um, that like she went through that. I come from a family that is. I have uh, five brothers and only one sister, so my sister is like my second mom. So like I have like since I'm the youngest. I have seen many things that happens with my sister, uh, even that she was the oldest uh, and certain things with my mom. So like a lot of things I didn't, uh, I didn't agree the way it was done to them. So like, I think with a, in an early age, I start seeing those things and so like, I didn't want that for like my wife or anyone, any something that like really fits, like we complement each other, that like she uh, thinks that I was insecure about myself, like that she can speak over me and like uh, just the, the things that, and I see Amanda like she's, like she most most of the time she cooks and not that like I, I don't cook or like I expect her to do that. Because you're a good cook. We've had your, your meals, right? <laughs> you yeah. prefer to eat. Isn't that what you tell everyone? <laughs> and she learned like how to respect me and like she can cross the boundaries, but uh, sometimes... But like in the same way that I'm a, a person that's very chill, but in the same way, like I, if she cross too much the boundaries, like I'll, I'll, I'll push back. So like I'll. Ooh, love and respect. Is that, um, you know, talk, when you say boundaries, you know, oftentimes people, couples don't know how to even identify those boundaries in their marriage and be able to know when to kind of cross it, not cross it, all that stuff. What would you say is how, how did you de define these boundaries in your marriage? 
So I think some of it came up from having somebody to talk to about the things that kept recurring. So one very standard boundary that we're finding we're not weird or alone in this is that I like to talk to resolve things. And part of that is from this story where people are just telling me to be quiet all the time. And I'm like, I'm an adult now. You're not going to tell me to be quiet. But it, where it butts heads is Julia is a very thoughtful, patient person. Like mm. people seek him out because of his patience. And so when his patience is rattled, which I am, I'm guilty, I'm guilty <laughs> on occasion, especially because sometimes I can just go and not take any breaths. But in the, when the things happen where we're in disagreement, I'll want the resolution right now, now. like yesterday. <laughs> and I almost, we laugh because it's like, there's this little lawyer inside of me who's going to make her case. And then he, he really needs the peace and quiet. So he, what he really has to say to me is like, can we please change this subject? Can we table this? I need mental space to process what's going on. And it feels foreign when that's not said. So early on, it would just be like, he's shutting down. And then my defense mechanism is to talk more. And this would just cause so much conflict until we had to really agree that Amanda, his boundary is that when there's something going on and he needs time to process, he's telling you, this is my boundary. This is how you respect me. And it feels different from you. But if you can lean into that and respect that, like then he can come to the table full and present to have the discussions you guys need to have, whether it's about the weekend plans or something that we need to buy or you know you know those kind of like simple mm -hmm. things but sometimes it's the we agree on all the major stuff like where mm -hmm. our family is going it's usually these little things that are like the finer details mm -hmm. that kind of like what the song of solomon talks about the little foxes in the vineyard you mm -hmm. think about these as small things the vineyard looks great but then there's these little foxes under the ground that if mm -hmm. you don't give them the attention to get them out of where they're not supposed to be mm -hmm. boundaries and like unspoken things like that are we we see them similarly yeah yeah and practice like yeah, practice. practice practice like explosions uh what do we call it in portuguese faiscas yeah like that little like it's all like a little bomb that goes <laughs> like some little bomb that goes off at the time that like it's um and sometimes you you keep repeating them like until you learn how to communicate about what you are feeling uh and really communicate what you what you need, what you want. Uh, and so like we, like it was more practice than anything. Yeah. And it's still practicing. Because yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've written a lot of notes so far from what you just shared. And, you know, when you look at even respect, you, I wrote down respecting boundaries, respecting each other's lived experiences in life and mm -hmm. respecting personality types, right? Respecting your partner's personality and not changing them to be who you think they should be. I think it's pa patient is something that like you, you learn, like the only way that you can learn is that you go through challenges that you learn how to 
deal with that in the best way. heard a sermon or something that said, if you want a patient, the only way that you're going to get patients, if you have challenges. So like, it's better that like you pray for ace, so like you can go through that thing and you can learn, you can learn then ask for patient. Because if you ask for patient, the only way that you're gonna, that you're gonna get, if you keep having things to like I stop praying and I stop asking for patience because like I, I, I need grace. And every time that I, that I see someone, oh, I need to pray for my patient. I said, no, no, <laughs> ask for grace. Are you sure? Are you sure you want patience? Yeah. I think one thing that helps to cultivate patience too is this concept of there there's two things at play and the most if you can lean into the most generous explanation so real life says that multiple things can be true at one time and we're not talking about capital t truth we're talking about everyday life like somebody can have joy in their heart but could be grieving that's a yes. very simple explanation and so when you can keep that mindset that my husband came home from work and he's tired and something else is going on at the same time. And I get to choose the most generous explanation for whether it's behavior or disconnect or, you know, I'm saying negative things, but it can be true for the positive too. Like somebody is sometimes always like really, really happy. And it's like, there's always multiple things that could be going on, which is a personal reality. And then you choose, you choose to see it with the most generous explanation possible. And I think mm -hmm, that cultivates, mm -hmm. at least for me, who mm -hmm. still feels like I'm on this journey for patients, um, that that helps me because it's like, okay, I can lean into the most generous explanation. Most of the time, those are not things I'm making up. Those are mm -hmm. things that like I know from living and loving someone. And also sometimes the Holy Spirit will give you a supernatural insight for that Here's your best explanation. Pray on this, believe on this. Mm -hmm. And then when days pass and something kind of, for lack of a, you know, for the more pointed answer, for something supernatural happens where you see his hand was in on that. And then you're like, oh yeah, because the most generous explanation is that grace that he's mm -hmm. talking about mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. gives to us. Yeah. And, you know, just hearing how both of you individually pursued the practice of being patient and for one of you it is you know being aware of the truth around you and for one it is um praying for grace i am hearing more about you know the patience and humility goes together i often tell people that. patience and humility goes together if you are somebody who is humble most likely you've learned a little thing about patience you know and if you're someone who is patient naturally you'll be taught how to be humble with a lot of things and in marriage sometimes you know it's hard it's hard to be patient with your spouse it's hard to be patient with your kids it's hard to be patient with everybody around you because again talking about the lived experiences that you talked about with the things that you grew up in with your families sometimes you just want to talk you just want to get your point across you just want to you know and it's like okay wait 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 if i listen it says be quick to listen right if you listen I say, this is so good i know that you guys have been on a journey when it comes to josiah's arrival 
And it is in, in that story. Where do you see the hand of God when it comes to your patience? So Josiah was born last year in 2022 on June 19th. And so, as we said earlier, uh, when we were introducing ourselves, this October will be seven years of marriage. And so I think uh, in 2016, I turned 37 and that very next February, Julio turned 39. So we got married in what's considered our late 30s. And so we know there are all kind of medical things around being a little older and waiting for children. So we were doing our part you know, the things that we need to do. And after a couple of years that it didn't seem like things were coming, we went to doctors and they did tests and they're like, I mean, they didn't say besides you being older, they put quite an <laughs> emphasis on being older. But I say that to me, there was nothing medically that they saw that should be prohibiting us from having kids. And so we just prayed and actually going to do the medical test was actually Julio's urging, which is kind of interesting mm. because Kate, you know, I'm a scientist and I have <laughs> medicine in my heart. And, you know, it was just the last thing that I wanted to do was to go in and subject myself to that. And I'm still not even sure why, but I live in this tension between what is I live in this tension with the supernatural, like what can mm -hmm. God do that you can't explain? Mm -hmm. And then what mm -hmm. has he already explained? And so as somebody who can see the world in the way that I do, I live with that tension. And so we decided to kind of go on with a little bit of the plan that the doctor said. And so we're like one moment at a time, take it one step at a time. And so we did a series of exams and routines and we knew we were not going to follow all of their plan like there was a final step that we knew mainly two points God wasn't telling us to go that far and be like we've gone through financial stabilization we did um the program of Dave Ramsey financial peace we did it at victory we paid off some debts and we've been walking in this freedom and we knew that to go to that final step the resources were not there and so it was already evident for us that this final step was not true so it was not a, a truth for us so we did you know two rounds of the treatment that they suggested and at the end of the second round nothing was working and so we went into the dot that third doctor's appointment and the doctor just basically said, let's throw everything but the kitchen sink at you, basically. And my mind said, that's dangerous. And that's not, that's not faith. That's recklessness. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of said, okay, we feel like God is telling us no more of this. And if this kid is going to come, then it's going to have to be all God. We're still going to do the things that, you know, you need to do to make kids come. But we're just going to have to rely on God and rely on this faith that if this is the way that he's choosing to break curses and our Yes, like uh, when we, dis like we, like we did all the steps, like we, we have to check like we have to see what is like what we are dealing with so like we have to be truth to ourselves like because if if we have been trying for all these years like we have to check because we don't know everything uh like we have to go to the doctors to see if it was our control so like we saw like that like was everything was good with us so like we have peace about that and 
Amanda kept saying to me, like, God is still not done with us. Like, like why he'll do all these things, all this healing, inner healing with us. And like, so like our generation can go on. And like, it's, she start like asking these questions between us. Like we were asking uh, the last step, like we were, we did one, we, since the beginning, we didn't, one, we didn't have the money for it. And we thought about it like it's, we're gonna be like, and it's only 10% of chances. And like, if it doesn't work, we're gonna, realistic, we're gonna have a debt that like we didn't have the fruit of it. So like we decide early on that like we were not going to pursue that path like was just kept believing and Josiah came. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I put down a lot around, um, you know, when it comes to this, the patience to wait, having the patience to wait, um, your interaction with the medical community and what they would thought was best and you choosing to um, wait. And, you know, waiting patience is waiting and waiting is patience. It's kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, they go together, just like patience yeah. and humility. And imagine being patient and not being humble. How does that look like? I can't even picture how that, that looks like. It kind of goes together. So hearing you talk about even the preparation that he had you do, financial preparation, physical preparation. And Amanda, I know you run, you keep your body fit and all that stuff. You know, that physical preparation, um, spiritual preparation, healing all those wounds and all those things. Because how are you going to bring up the next generation wanting to break those generational curses when you are still holding on to some things, right? Mm -hmm. So healing those areas, emotional preparation, mental preparation. So that was preparation that was done even in that waiting period. And so your faith was not passive. Your faith was active. It was active in all those areas, you know? Yeah. And I'm just, you know, intrigued, amazed. And at the same time, honored that you get to share that with everybody. Like, listen, our faith was very active. We did everything. Even when he told us to stop and wait, you know, he was still doing something for us. Mm -hmm. You talked about hope. And I go to the Bible verse in Proverbs that talks about hope deferred makes the heart sink hope oh my gosh you know we talk about being prisoners of hope that is like one light that in your how those moments of did you have moments of despair and how did you process I think in one sense and maybe Julio could couldn't affirm or deny but I do think one of the spiritual gifts that God has given to me centers around faith and hope and like faith in who he is and hope for his promises. And so in this case, like, I don't feel like it ever left me that through him, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. And I say that in the same vein, because we're trying every day to align our hearts with the will of God. The mm -hmm. will of God is the word of God. And so it's telling us all of these things and how that fleshes out for us as individuals. Like we, I asked the question, you know, I don't feel like God is through with our story yet. But what did that look like? We were pursuing a path that looked like our own biological child. But as we're leaning into God, the story, the story writer 
can lead you on a different path with the story. And that was not our story that he said no to biological children. So we chose another path. But I did have that in my mind because I've lived with life with enough people to know that sometimes some of these desires in your heart, God give them to you in a way that you don't have sight for at the moment. Now, in this case of this was what we wanted, a biological child, um, and like he came and he's here, but it's still a, a, a walk of faith to like, even I was just thinking, even up to the day of his birth, the medical community wanted me to do things that I just, I said yes to, but I wish maybe that I had fought a little harder for other mm -hmm. things. But then mm -hmm. you just get to this point where God is sovereign over all the details of my life. Mm -hmm. And he always has been, and he's walking with me. I am not alone through this now next medical step. Mm -hmm. And that's what I choose. I chose to hang on to in the moment of his birth mm -hmm. and to just believe. Yeah. Just believe, just believe what you said, the story writer can lead you on a different path. I wrote it down because I love it. Knowing who that story writer is and trusting and being under their authority. That's another thing too, right? Mm -hmm. And you said something about, you know, the will of God is the word of God and he is our story writer. So even in marriage, have coming under his covering, like this union, this covenant relationship is God ordained. And whatever we do in this relationship, we're going to seek his guidance. We're going to seek his authority when it comes to things that we have to do. And so I love what you said about the story writer can lead you on a different path and you just need to surrender and then yield and then believe and trust and have hope and faith. All these things that y'all have thrown in here that it's going to work out. You know, I love, 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 love that piece about your story. And so now that Josiah is here, what do you appreciate about doing life as a couple and as new parents? I know this podcast is an example because he's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I love getting to see Julio in the reality of fatherhood. Aww. Anybody who may listen to this podcast who actually knows him. And we said at the beginning, like I met Kate through children's ministry, but Julia was in children's ministry for a really long time as the youngest of seven. There's this heart that he has for children that is so beautiful. And yet there was always this, there was something more because it was almost being held in a secret place for his own child. And so now I get to see how that fleshes out. I get to see how Josiah brings a level of healing to him that that's God's, like the hand of God on his life. This connection that they have that brings another layer of healing and hope and joy. And so seeing, seeing that is a joy for me joy. that I get to see that lived out on the daily. And yeah. when he's living in that space where he's, you know, the presence of God is so just another tangible reason to trust God. Like that's beneficial to our marriage and our mm -hmm. union because his confidence in God is growing. Mm -hmm. You know, he's since he came to faith in Jesus, when he came to the States, that's a whole, a whole nother story <laughs> for another time. 
like he's been growing in his faith and learning as much as he can about God. And just to see, for me to be in this space that since he came to faith in Jesus before we met and, you know, started being discipled and growing to now get to see certain aspects of that growth and development, like just brings joy to my heart, um, brings this depth to our relationship. And yeah, and I think like just going back like to all the preparation that we went through like personal, uh, emotionally, like getting getting there, like just working ourselves. And yeah, like, yeah. I think I, I just see as God was preparing us to, uh, to receive him and like really like take out of everything that like was, uh, that was not given to us as a child, that like love, like patience, or uh, even understanding and grace. Like that was, uh, you see this little kid that that like totally depends on you and uh, that you have to give all the needs that he have. And like they seen uh, us working together just to, to see him growing. And like when, we see him when I see him like like he's smiling and like we know like and like knowing that he have like this confidence with him is because I know that like he's being loved that like he's he knows that he's very loved and sometimes I mean, oh. and sometimes we like in the as growing up, like I have doubts that like I was lost. Oh, <laughs> and that's a podcast for another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just and... hearing that, um, you're just giving me goosebumps because all I, I and I just got the title for your podcast, so you have to wait and see. But I hear a lot of preparation. In all areas, you know, like in all areas and to be able to love, love him from this healed, authentic place, you know, and just hearing you even say, I, now the one I think back, I don't think I was loved, <laughs> you know? So what does, what does joy look like for you all these days? I think we get to see the little guy's face, but as Julia said, like there's something that's getting even more healing into our heart. Like mm. if you've ever had the privilege to just watch a watch a child without cares in the world, which is not our story. Just people, it re, it rejuvenates something for us. Like we feel like our you know, our joy increases from watching him be joyful and our joy increases with our heavenly father because it's like, oh, we can see what happens when we love him. And the way we are able to love him is like a fraction of a glimmer of a little speckle of sparkle for the love that God has for us. The pleasure that he has when he looks on us and called us by our name and called us unto himself. I love it. I love it. And, you know, I, I, I wish we could just go on and on and on, but we will we'll pause here, not end here. We will pause here because I know Josiah, Josiah is like, hey, lady. I need my parents. Okay. <laughs> All the attention needs to be on me. And I get it, Josiah. I get it. I get it. So we'll pause here. But you know, it's 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 a blessing. It's a blessing to know the two of you. It's a blessing to just watch 
I mean, a year from now, Josiah, two years old, three years old, four years old, and in children's ministry. And imagine that, right? Running through children's ministry, doing those things that you've watched other kids do. And he gets to experience all those things too. And just because the two of you chose, and I love that, Amanda, you kept saying choose. The two of you chose to be patient. The two of you chose to have faith and hope and love and respect and understanding and humility and all those things. And above all, you chose to allow God to prepare your hearts. I love it. I love it. And I love you guys. So thank you so much for joining the podcast. We love and you too. Thank are, you we for are pausing, asking us. We are pausing here and, you know, I'll have y'all come back and talk about another topic like childhood. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that would be a deep one. <laughs> we will catch up soon. Okay. You I too. You. Thank- Bye. You. Bye. <laughs> thank you.